everybody. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive by. We're thriving. You have called us the vibe of Thrive. Thanks for joining us here today. For more information about us, check us out, www.drpatlive.com. And we have launched the Holistic Makeover. Are you ready to send in your application, take the survey, and let us help you transform from the inside out? Go to drpatsmakeover.com and have a blast. Joining me here today is Dr. Marty Groth, who definitely, definitely knows how to talk to us about living life full out. Dr. Marty is somebody that I just talked to him. He is having an absolute blast. Psychologist, management consultant, public speaker. You know, he has been able to write about life, write about the things that he is passionate about. And he is known for becoming America's most popular quotation anthologist. What does that mean? Are you ready for the quotes of your life? Dr. Marty, thank you for joining us here today. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Dr. Pat. It's always a pleasure to talk with somebody so upbeat and enthusiastic. Well, you know, I am. I definitely am. I mean, I have my moments, believe me. I really do. But I'm doing what I love. And you talk about that and you know about that. You said you're doing what you love as well. Oh, indeed, yes. And, uh, you know, uh, I think it was uh, Abraham Maslow who once said, if you deliberately plan to be less than you are capable of being, then I warn you, you will be deeply unhappy for the rest of your life. And that, let's talk about that for a minute. Let's break that down for our listeners. Yep. Because I want everybody to hear that quote again. Okay. Um, you know, there is something so profound in that. And if we don't take a minute to talk about it, it's going to blow right by everyone. You Absolutely. know what I'm saying? Absolutely. You got to let these things sink in. You got to. And Maslow, kind of interesting guy, don't you think? Oh, uh, <laughs> Maslow is one of the pioneering figures in this whole new movement of psychology that moved us away from some of that stuff that Sigmund Freud was talking about into the whole human potential movement. Well, let's talk about that quote. Give it to us again, and let's let's you and I chat about it, because I bet if you were to look at your life and I were to look at mine, we'd be able to plug ourselves right into some of what he's saying. Well, the, this quote is all about one of the most important themes of life, the importance of setting lofty goals for ourselves. He said, if you deliberately plan to be less than you are capable of being, then I warn you, you'll be deeply unhappy for the rest of your life. Yeah. So, you know, the idea is if you step in the game and you decide that you're going to play not to lose instead of playing to win, then we can expect no more than, you know, a tie game, so to speak. Absolutely. But see, his point is really, I think, worth thinking about. Because his point is that if you even aspire to be average... (sighs) and you are capable of being excellent, you're still going to be unhappy for the rest of your life if all you achieve is a life of mediocrity. Yeah. And what I love about this, you know, Dr. Marty, it's not about what necessarily we're loving to do. Let's talk about this in depth. And and then I want to talk about your books, (laughs) all of them, because I I want listeners to know about your work. Sure. But here's the deal. I remember that when I was, I don't know, what was I, 18 maybe? You know, I had about three or four jobs I needed to because I was out. I wasn't home. uh, And I remember working a hot dog wagon, right? 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, I thought about this when they said, look, you're going to work the hot dog wagon. I thought, oh, this is going to be like ridiculous that I'm going to be on this little wagon selling hot dogs. And the first day that I started to work on this wagon, I really wasn't into it. I really didn't pay attention of how, you know, what I was doing. And I honestly did not do it my best. But there's something that I loved about it. And so the second day was a very different day. It was a completely different experience. How is it and how can we, how can we do our best if emotionally we don't believe we want to be in whatever it is we're in, whether it's a relationship, whether it's a radio show, whether it's a book, or whether it's simply going to the gym? Well, it's a really interesting point. Uh, I don't have the quotation memorized, but I remember (laughs) back in uh, the late 1960s, uh, early 1970s, I can't remember exactly when it was, um, uh, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. gave a speech in which he said, you know, if you're going to be an artist, um, be a Michelangelo. And if you're going to be a street sweeper, be the very best street sweeper the world has ever seen. And it's that notion that no matter what you're calling in life, whether you're a writer or a speaker or an actor or a musician, um, or whether you're a high school teacher or a janitor or a postal worker, the basic notion is uh, if you can set your sights on being the absolute best in that particular uh, uh, job that you're doing, uh, number one, you're going to be a happier person. But then number two, what's likely to happen is that your excellence will soon be perceived by other people, and that's what's going to open up many more new opportunities for you. Well, you know, let's talk about you now in that context, because, you know, you have sat down and you and I were joking about it that, you know, you've written, what is it, five books, uh, five quotation books in the past 10 years. Correct. And I'm interested in knowing, you know, what is it about quotation books that you love? And tell us about your latest book, because, you know, I'm so interested in what it is that excites you around this, because we use quotations. We use these words. We believe in them. Um, you know, some of us have our own favorites, but yet we use them in society. And until somebody of celebrity status uses them, we don't actually activate them, so to speak. You know what I mean? Well, indeed. Um, uh, you know, Rudyard Kipling once said that words are the most powerful drug used by mankind. And, and, and words do have this power to uh, infect our soul, sometimes in the most positive way imaginable. I actually got interested in collecting quotations when I was 16 years of age. I was arrested for stealing hubcaps, put on probation, and um, in a conversation with my high school guidance counselor who, you know, he saw me as having great potential, even though I had completely lost my way. And I remember way back when, this is 50 years ago, he said, you know, you have the potential for greatness. And I had never heard words like that in my whole life. And he said, let's talk about your goals. And I didn't have any goals. I mean, I wanted to graduate from high school, but, you know, I hadn't really thought very much about where I was going in life. And he looked me straight in the eye. This goes way, way, way back when. And he said, you know, Michelangelo once said 
the great tragedy of life is not that we set our sights too high and fail to achieve our goals, but we set our sights too low and we do. And he said, I'm afraid that's what's going to happen to you. And I'll tell you, Pat, I mean, when he said those words to me, I mean, this was like a a religious, spiritual, epiphany-like experience. I mean, I went straight home and I wrote the quote down to the best of my recollection and posted it in my bedroom. And so it was that day, uh, uh, many, many, many decades ago, that I knew one day I would become a psychologist. And it all happened with one quote. So when we look at what you've done in your work, I mean, you work with CEOs, you have a practice, you're, you know, you're a psychologist. How do you use this, this body of work that you have quotations? How do you use this in your work? And how would you encourage us to use quotations? Uh, especially now when I look at what you've done the book on, uh, you know, ifisms, I guess. I love this. uh, If you do this, then this. It's almost like a little equation, isn't it? Well, it is a little equation. Uh, My my most recent book is called Ifferisms, and and this is a collection of about 2,000 quotations that all begin with the word if. And, um, uh, you know, there's a formal word for these kind of small, pithy quotations, and the formal word is aphorism. You know, an aphorism, and that's spelled A-P-H-O-R-I-S-M. An aphorism is a very succinctly worded quotation that tries to capture a truth about the human experience. Uh, there was a, uh, a writer once who said that an aphorism is a one-line novel. You know, and, and what he was trying to communicate there was that a, a really well-framed aphorism communicates volumes of information in less than, say, a dozen words. And I began to notice about 25 years ago that many of the aphorisms in my collection began with the word if. And I didn't think a whole heck of a lot about it then, but, you know, as the years went by, I began to think, well, aphorism, ifferism, (laughs) that might be a title for a book on the subject. (laughs) And so that idea was born. And I will tell you, uh, your point is well taken, that um, uh, quotations that begin with the word if are among the most powerful observations that have ever been authored. I mean, we see them, you know, we see them in the Bible, uh, you know, if the blind lead the blind, both shall fall into the ditch. Uh, uh, talking about inspirational quotes and the value of having lofty goals, Albert Einstein once said, if you want to live a happy life, tie it to a goal, not to people or to objects. Right. Right. And you know, this is a mistake that we all have made in it the is. course of our lifetime. Maybe we were 16 or 19 or 22 or 25, but you know, we all thought, "Oh boy, mm-hmm. if only I could, you know, uh, land that hot-looking girl or that great-looking guy or get that really super high-paying job, that'll make me happy." Absolutely. And, and, It'll and, make me too cool to fool. Let's take a short break, Dr. Marty, when we come back. We'll talk about the power of what you've created here. And we'll talk about how we can learn from some of the ifisms. We'll be right back with the Dr. Pacho. 
It's a new day. Join intuitive coach Dawn Marie Stansfield every Monday at 11 a.m. Pacific on the Dr. Pat Show Network. Dawn Marie focuses on the self-empowerment of individuals by examining present-day circumstances. She offers practical tools you can use to help overcome difficult situations and move forward on your life path. Learn more at dawnsvision.com and catch It's a New Day with Dawn Marie Stansfield Mondays at 11 a.m. Pacific. Visit the drpatshow.com for show listing. Get to the heart of what matters most in your life, work, and relationships with Dr. Joanne White's inspirational books, CDs, and other products. Discover powerful tools to help you succeed and achieve no matter where you are right now. Dr. Joanne White, the success doc, author, speaker, life, business coach, and energy intuitive will show you how to enrich your life. Call 1-877-DOC-WHITE or visit docwhite.org. Do you like where your health and looks are headed? Or are you ready for a total transformation? Your dollars and days off have never been more precious, so why waste them on anything other than lasting, real rejuvenation? Sure, there are expensive spa vacations, and then there's total transformation. Join best-selling author Kat James in a gorgeous mountain setting where you'll learn the very food and self-care principles that transformed her beyond recognition without self-deprivation. Break free from the food and beauty self-sabotage and spend five days with the woman Self Magazine calls a master of self-transformation. You will even celebrate the new you with a world-class makeover and photo shoot. Want a total transformation but can't afford to get away? Attend Cat's teleprogram from your home via computer or phone. Make 2009 your year for total transformation. Call us at 877-54-TOTAL or visit us at totaltransformation.com. Are you ready to prosper in your job or business by working in harmony with the universe? Polaris Business Guides is ready to hand you eight keys to the ultimately prosperous business. These keys allow you to accomplish more than doing less, overcome emotional blockages, create powerful partnerships, and build wealth, even in our current economic conditions. This program is taught by phone twice a month, so you can attend from any location. The next eight-month teleprogram begins October 7th, and there's no risk because Polaris Business Guides and Madeline Gurick offer a money-back guarantee. Call 877-524-8300 for complete details. That's 877-524-8300 or visit askmadeline.com. That's A-S-K-M-A-D-E-L-I-N-E.com for the keys to your prosperity. A man walks down the street, he says, why am I soft in the middle now? Oh, welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive by Dr. Marty joining me here today. If-er-isms. I was mispronouncing it. If-er-isms. But you know what they are. You know, you we, each of us have seen different quotes, but we use the word if a lot in our lives. If I do this, then this will happen. If I don't do this, then this will happen. If this, then that. And so how does this fit into the world of quotes? How does this fit, fit into some of the, you know, most prominent people in philosophy and in human potential that have used quotations? And what is Dr. Marty up to with this book? Dr. Marty, thank you for joining us here today. Uh, oh, thanks again. Let's give out your website. Uh, 
drmardy.com, and that's D-R-M-A-R-D-Y. So, all right, I want to kind of bring it, rip it off the headlines, bring it into the show today. Okay. And we could, t- we could take a look at many different things that are happening. One is we could take a look at the rise of consciousness that is happening around the planet, you know, due to um, sort of the contrast of an economy that many people think is not doing very well. Or we could take a look at the conversations around uh, health care, or as my previous guest, Dr. Simon, talked about, it isn't about health care, it's about health insurance. Whatever it means to you, whatever the conversation, there is an ifferism, isn't there? Oh, I think so. What would you come up with to describe the journey we've been on in terms of the economy in this country? Oh, wow. <laughs> well, there's lots of thoughts that uh, kind of start percolating in my brain whenever you ask a question like that, and we could go in lots of different directions. But you know, one of the most powerful observations ever made uh, came from the uh, English writer Samuel Taylor Coleridge, who said, "If men could learn from history." what lessons it might teach us. Mm. And, I, you know, that applies to the current situation. There's no doubt in my mind uh, that uh, much of the problems that we are experiencing, you know, came from people that failed to learn some of the lessons from the last great uh, economic great time in our society, which was the 1920s. You know, and so, um, you know, we thought we had uh, uh, sort of protected ourselves from those kinds of things. Um, But, you know, we didn't learn the lessons of history. And so what happened is that we began to pay the price. And, And sadly, you know, this is another one of those kind of important themes in history. You know, the people that pay the price are generally not the people that caused the problems in the first place. You know, I mean, there are now millions and millions of people that are out of work, they've lost, uh, if not their entire life savings, a real chunk of their life savings. And so people are going through some real problems. And I guess that whenever I talk to people that are, are, are going through really tough times, I, I always like to remind them of the uh, Austrian psychiatrist, Viktor Frankl. Do you remember him? Oh, yeah. He, he was this concentration camp oh, yeah. survivor. Yeah. Uh, and uh, when the uh, 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 GIs liberated Auschwitz and Buchenwald in 1945, he was there. And uh, he wrote a book the next year about his experiences in the concentration camps. And one of the things that he learned was that, you know, this human spirit is so indomitable that it can sometimes live through the most horrific experiences. And the book didn't really sell back well back in 1946, but in the mid-1950s it came out under the title Man's Search for Meaning, and it became an international bestseller. And in that book, uh, Viktor Frankl said one of the keys to surviving trouble in your life is to have some kind of reason for being. Uh, And he quoted uh, Friedrich Nietzsche, who Mm -hmm. said, if we have our own why of life, we can endure almost any how. And so I think that's an important principle for people to pay attention to right now. If you've got a set of core philosophical beliefs, 
that guide you and help to uh, inspire you, especially during times of adversity, um, that's what's going to get you through it. And if you don't have these kinds of beliefs, uh, whether they're called religious or philosophical beliefs, uh, that's when you lose your way and that's when people experience the most despair. When we look at the place that we're at now, wherever that is, you know, the highs, the lows, the in-betweens, you know, this is incredibly important for all of us that want to live the best lives we can, want to have the best in health, want to talk about the world and want to give back. As a matter of fact, I'm doing a show tomorrow where I'm going to be talking about a foundation that we're creating and how people can create their own foundations. When we take a look at the work you've done behind the books, what is the message? What is well, it that you are so incredibly uh, committed to, to, to helping us understand? Well, I think the big thing that has um, guided my life is that there are powerful ideas in the world. Uh, Victor Hugo once said, uh, there is nothing more powerful than an idea whose time has come. And many of these great ideas in the world have been packaged rather beautifully in well-phrased quotations. And so if, uh, if people were to just say to themselves, I want to take what I think are the 100 best ideas expressed most beautifully and, you know, write them down and put them on little 3 by 5 or 5 by 7 cards in my work cubicle or my bedroom or my uh, family room, uh, what will happen is that every single day uh, you'll find yourself being inspired by these little brief, wonderful nuggets of wisdom and inspiration, and those do have the power to kind of turn uh, somebody's day around and and sometimes even somebody's life around. So um, I say to uh, bosses all the time that you should post a daily quotation of an inspirational nature in your workplace. I say to parents that every single day you should find some little that you think is going to help your children see the world in a slightly new way, in a way they didn't really see it before. And it's going to affect the lives of people. I, I know that these have the power to affect lives because great quotations have affected my life deeply, as that original quote from many, many years ago from my guidance counselor did. Is there a quotation right now, Dr. Marty, that represents where you are in your life today? Well, uh, golly, uh, you know, you ask such good questions. I know. Uh, I actually, they should have warned you. <laughs> no, 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 not to worry about that. But, I mean, I'm just, I mean, they're probably, um, I, I might ask that question in a slightly different way uh -huh. okay. uh, in a number of different occasions. But there was a there was a, a 17th century German philosopher. His name was Johannes Eckert, and he's known in, in, in philosophical history as, as Meister Eckert. And he yes. once said, if the only prayer you said in your whole life was, thank you, that would suffice. Mm. And that does kind of summarize in large part how I feel, because I feel extraordinarily grateful for all of the things that have happened in my life. I, I'm a 15-year cancer survivor. Mm. Uh, I mean, I didn't know uh, 15 years ago if I'd be around today. 
And so, you know, I've had lofty goals and I've committed myself to excellence, but I've been surrounded by a lot of wonderful people who've helped me enormously. And so I feel tremendously grateful. And I think that whole concept uh, of adopting an attitude of thankfulness and, and gratitude uh, is really an important principle in my life. And I think it should be in the lives of other people as well. I want to thank you, Dr. Marty, for joining us here today. Thank you so, so much uh, thank for you, Dr. bringing Pat. your message and for the books you write. Thank you, Dr. Pat. I always enjoy talking with you. If people come up to my website, by the way, uh, they can subscribe to my free weekly newsletter called Dr. Marty's Quotes of the Week. And so just one more time, that's www.drmarty.com. And I would love to have some of your listeners uh, become subscribers to my newsletter. Thank you so much for joining us here today. What a blast that would be, everyone. Let's take a short break. When we come back, we'll be right back with the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. 